a Dadsnet original podcast. We are here today at the London Eye and we are talking all things inclusive, aren't we? Yeah, so we're here to celebrate International Day of Persons with Disabilities with Merlin's Magic Wand and Merlin Entertainment. And we've just been having so much fun here. We've been talking to the guys at Merlin about what they're doing to improve their services for families like ours. We've been speaking to parents. Yeah, and we've also been speaking to people from the London Eye, finding out how accessible the London Eye really is. And you need to stay tuned for our next series of the Difficulty Podcast because it's going to be on there and there's going to be so much we can learn from that. And also Merlin's Magic Wand and how families like ours can apply for those magical days out. First up today, we are speaking to Liz. So Liz is a mum of three children, one with disabilities. So we're going to find out more about how she finds things accessible, what makes it easier for her. Hi Liz, it's great to see you and it's great for you to join us today. We know parenting children with complex needs, disabilities, and let alone parenting mainstream children, it can bring us so much joy. What brings you joy with parenting your children? Um, I think it's really nice for them to find things that we can all do together. I think that's really important. Obviously with my set of twins, I've got one yeah, fully able-bodied. That's yeah, the word I'm yeah. looking for. And you've got one who isn't, haven't you? Absolutely. So George has never stood up and never walked, so yeah. he relies on a wheelchair for all his mobility. Um, and, yeah, he's in a wheelchair all the time. And then I've got a six-year-old girl who's full of energy as well. So it can present challenges trying to find things for us all to do together. So, Liz, thinking of George with his disabilities, yeah. how can attractions and places for children with these type of disabilities make things more accessible and a bit easier? I think understanding of needs are key, and also the appreciation that all wheelchair users are different and have yeah. different needs. So, if something's advertised as wheelchair accessible, it doesn't always mean it's going to work for us. Um, yeah. Can you give me an example of that? So we can have very different experiences if we take George out in his power chair yeah. or if we take him out in his manual chair. Uh-huh. Perhaps his manual chair we could navigate a small step, whereas we couldn't with a power chair that weighs, you know, 150 kilos. And I think sometimes these are the things that people forget, don't Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's very much similar to the accessible toilet. So a toilet can yeah. say it's disabled-friendly, but it's not a changing place as for children. And the difference there is huge. Yeah. As we all know, as yeah. parents with kids with disabilities and complex yeah. needs, it's huge, isn't it? Yeah, so if you have a wheelchair user who perhaps can self-transfer, yeah. they won't need a hoist and a changing table. Yeah. So, you know, just a bigger toilet will work for them, but it won't work for everyone. Yeah, yeah. What's something that you've seen or experienced that made you feel seen or understood as a family? with accessible needs. Tell us a bit about that. Um, So recently we were at an attraction in London and we got pulled out the queue and they said, right, there is a part of this attraction that the wheelchair can't get up to, that George can't access, um, due to the, it was an old building and they couldn't put a lift in for regulations, um, fire regulations or something. So they took us out of the queue and they said, although you can't access this, there's another part that you can come to, which is downstairs, which will give you the similar experience. So it was really nice that they noticed us, understood us, and gave us an alternative option that we could all do together. And I think for me, and I think for you as well, I think this is where companies and organisations really need to 
be honest and say, you know, we can't accommodate you for this bit. However, yeah. we still really want to include you as a family Absolutely, and yeah. we want the children to have those best experiences. Yes. So we're going to go this way instead. Yeah. And as a parent, if somebody came up to us and said that, that would make us feel so yeah. much better. I'm sure it impacted on Oh, you, absolutely. It? And I think another example is if, I don't know if you've ever found this, but sometimes they'll say, right, one carer yeah. and the wheelchair user yeah. can come to this part and the rest of your family have to stay in another area. And that creates a real division. So when a company yeah. keeps us all together as a family, yeah. that, that makes a big difference. Because you want you... We, we, we found that, especially with our boys, with them both having disabilities, yeah. that sometimes a roller coaster will want to separate you as a family. Yeah. yeah, and that's really difficult. Thinking of them type of things, Liz, what type of planning would go into a day out for your family? Because obviously it'll be really complex, won't yeah, it? Yeah, a lot. A lot. I'm <laughs> it's sure you military have operation, it is a military isn't operation. It? Every time you leave the house, you know, you can't be spontaneous. Um, and I think someone said to me about how I find attractions and they are in general we do have a positive experience but then I think that is the copious amounts of planning you put into place before you yeah. leave the house um, yeah. checking websites and also talking to other people other parents who have got children with similar disabilities because yeah. they get it and yeah. they understand exactly what you need whereas a website and a company might not fully understand your specific child's needs. I just think at times there's so much planning with medications and toileting needs. Yeah. And, and the, which goes yeah. on to what I want to say is when you're planning a day out, what do you need to know prior to planning that day out? Because I know from our point of view, the things we look for, because families with disabled children, there are key things they look for yeah. as attractions to what they offer and how they can accommodate families. So what key things would you look for if you were going somewhere as a family together, yeah. all together on a day out, what would be those key things? For us, we would be looking for changing places yeah. to change the kids. What uh, accessibility things have they got in place? What knowledge have they got about disabilities? Yeah. Do they understand it, the training? What would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, so again, um, changing places. Um, if it's a theme park, it'll be very much is there a ride that George can go on in his wheelchair because we find it tricky? He can't self-transfer. Right, and he's almost 12, you know, he's getting quite tricky to, to get, lift on and off yeah. rides. And heavier as well. Yeah, heavier, yeah. longer, it yeah. can be tricky. And for his own self-dignity as well, yeah. you know, you don't want to be yeah. lifted yeah. in and out. Um, what else do we look for? Obviously, steps, step-free access, door thresholds, widths of doors. Some places have a lift, which is great, but then there might be a weight limit on the lift yeah. for a wheelchair, yeah. so you need to check dimensions. Um, yeah, the list is endless, really. I, I just think for families like us, that the planning prep is vital, and we yeah. have to do so much with that, don't we? Yeah, thanks so much, Liz, for joining us on this very special podcast. Right, and talking and it's been great to have you here, because, yeah. you know, we're showing the world that it's okay to be different, unique, yes, diverse. And our children, although they have disabilities and health needs, they're just as beautiful as everybody else. They really else, are. Aren't they? Incredible. Thank you so much, Liz. That was just great to get the insight from another parent who really tries to take her children out on days out like us. It was really wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah, and like a lot of families, Liz didn't realise that you could apply for a magical day out, so that's really good to get that word out there. And we need to spread the word. Next, we're going to be speaking to Chantal. 
Now Chantelle's from the London Eye and the London Eye River Cruise, she's really knowledgeable about accessibility, uh, inclusivity and how inclusive the River Cruise and the London Eye really is. Now the staff receive special training for this, so don't be afraid to uh, get involved, get on the website and check out these amazing attractions. And I think by listening to Chantelle talk, you will soon see the knowledge that the staff here have at the London Eye on disabilities is quite exceptional and I was very impressed and I think a lot of our listeners will be too. Yeah, so welcome Chantel, thank you for joining us. So Chantel, we are here on the London Eye and I want you of all people to tell us why this is so iconic. Absolutely, so the London Eye opened in 1999 and was previously known as the Millennium Wheel, so it's an open to mark a defining moment in history. Now we are incredibly lucky here that we have hosted majority of the London New Year's Eve fireworks celebrations and we are absolutely thrilled that they are returning this year. Not only that, but we are still one of the most popular visitor paid for attractions in London, welcoming many guests from all over the globe every single year. And what I love about the London Eye, it's very inclusive, isn't it? Yeah, that's what we wanted to ask uh, Chantel. So for families with accessible needs, for getting on and off the attraction, um, how would this work? So the London Eye is part of Merlin Entertainment, and we have a commitment to welcome all of our guests in a safe, accessible and magical manner. Now with the London Eye specifically, we are fully accessible. So we advise all guests to check our website where we have all of our accessibility information pre-visit. And then when they're here on the day, we have a number of ways that we can assist guests based on their own various individual needs. So one of the ways, if we have wheelchair users, you're able to book a free wheelchair space online in advance and we stop the ride and place out a ramp for comfortable access onto the wheel. Which I have seen whilst I've been here and I do have to say, I have been looking at how many wheelchair users have been here just whilst we've been here and there's been quite a few and I'm quite impressed at that. You you know, the staff are very accommodating here, very accommodating. I'm really glad you found that. So all of our staff undergo disability awareness training before they start working here. That's so that they can understand that people have a variety of different needs and actually they're not all the same. So we don't make any assumptions and actually we speak to our guests and find out what individual needs they have and how we can best assist them here. And for you to say that to me as a parent yeah. and for you, I it's think It's really important, especially with, with invisible disabilities yeah. that you've made that commitment to just be open and the staff can talk to make people feel comfortable and, and help them get on and off the London Eye. That's great. And because disabilities, they're so... The, the range is massive. And just because you've met somebody with a disability in one wheelchair, that doesn't mean you understand disabilities. And I think what you've just said is just amazing. And I think more companies out there really need to take note from you guys because... And that's just wonderful, isn't it? So when is your favourite time to visit the London Eye, Chantal? This is such a difficult <laughs> one because I feel there are so many benefits to so many different times. For me, it's actually the morning. Um, so we open at 11am and we find that the first hour is generally a lot quieter. So for me, I feel like that really maximises the experience. And actually, I love how fresh London yeah. is in the morning. And our team are always so eager to welcome guests in here as well. We're really lucky today that it's really quite sunny, isn't it? It's end of November and it's really clear. We can see everything. Yeah, we it's booked, brilliant. Booked the weather for you. <laughs> I just think this is a wonderful attraction for a whole family to come together and enjoy a magical, happy, great day out. Yeah, I am really impressed. And, you know, because we look at those avenues all the time and there's nothing I've seen here that makes me think, oh, well, what about that? I'm very impressed. It's really spacious, isn't it? Yeah. We've just seen how they've got a wheelchair on and it was just so smooth, wasn't it? And it's, it's just wonderful to see. Thank you. That's amazing. 
<laughs> so Chantal, I know recently you've got some events coming up about accessibility. Tell us about those and the work that goes into that. So we know that we've come a long way with accessibility, but actually we have lots more things that we want to do. So one of the things we are doing is we've reached out to the Royal National Institute for Blind People, and we're looking at creating braille guides for the London and the London Eye River Cruise. Um, Secondly, we're also working on social stories. So these are created for neurodiverse people, and they essentially create a journey in widgets and pictures that people can download in advance of coming to the London Eye to help with the planning and preparation of coming on a visit. Yeah, and speaking of the river cruisers, Chantal, a lot of our listeners would like to hear more information about that. Um, Obviously, being on the river and stuff, you just presume it's not accessible, but we believe it is, isn't it? It absolutely is. And I might be biased, but the River Cruise is one of my favourite attractions in the Merlin portfolio. So we are fully wheelchair accessible. So we have a ramp that goes onto the boat and we also have a lift on board as well. So you can sit either on the lower deck or the upper deck, whichever one's your preference. Uh, We even find that in the rain, people like to sit on the top deck as well. And on board, we actually have a fully accessible toilet as well. I I just think Merlin are doing wonders here. And I think... You know, there are so many people out there that really need to up their game a bit now, like you guys. Yeah, it's just brilliant to hear, isn't it, that everything's so accessible and you can go from the London Eye then onto the River Cruise and make a real day out of it. And give those children that experience that they all deserve, and that's what's the most important part in all of this. You know, and if the kids are happy, regardless of their disabilities, the parents are going to be happy and they're going to have a great day together. And last but not least, we're going to be talking to Ellen from Merlin's Magic Wand. Now, Ellen's from Merlin's Magic Wand's Magical Day Out programme. And she's here to talk to us all about how you can apply for a magical day out to any of the Merlin attractions right across the UK. Hi, Ellen, and welcome to our pod here on the London Eye. It's great to see you. So, Ellen, what is your role here at Merlin's Magic Wand? So, my role is the Magical Programs Manager, which I think is the best title ever. (laughs) Um, And it essentially means um, Operations Manager. So, we've got three programs at Merlin's Magic Wand. We've got Magical Days Out. Uh, We give tickets for families to experience all the Merlin attractions. Uh, We've got a Magic on Tour program, which is for the families that may not be able to visit our attractions. Uh, The attraction teams take the Merlin magic to them. And then we've also got Magic Spaces. So we go into places where children might spend a lot of their time. So special educational needs schools, hospitals, hospices. And we brand a room with some Merlin magic. So that might be a Sea Life sensory bathroom or it could be a Lego playroom. Um, We have a great portfolio of brands that we can use. Um, and then I've also got two team members that support in our team as well. So we're a small team doing I think that's what's really good about Merlin's Magic Wand is if your child is terminally ill or housebound, you do different programs and different projects so that they're not excluded. Um, and that is really special into it with Merlin's Magic Wand. We've actually been on a Merlin's Magic Wand trip and um, it was just so seamless, wasn't it, with the boys? What I want people to know is if they want to reach out to you guys, what is the best way to do that? Because whenever we talk about you guys, people are always saying to us, oh, but we won't be allowed one. We won't be allowed a magical day out. Do we fit the criteria? All those kind of questions. I think the best place for all those answers would be on our website. So we've got a Merlin's Magic Wand website. Um, And then we're also on social media. So we have Instagram, we have Facebook. Um, and then we've also got our email as well. So 
mmw.charity at merlinsmagicwand.org um, and one of the team will get back to you. So is that the best way for a family to apply for a magical day out to kind of just... So the best way to apply for a magical day out is via our website. Yeah. Um, we've been closed for a while this year and we've had such overwhelming demand um, post-COVID and we've been trying to make sure that we've got the most efficient applications process possible. So we're really pleased to say that we're reopened now um, after a few months yeah. closed, but we're really excited to invite um, all eligible families to apply again. And like you were saying, if you've got any questions, our eligibility criteria is outlined on our website. What I think is wonderful about you guys is that a lot of people don't know this. If you have a terminal child who's not able to visit a attraction or go anywhere, what do you do? So we do have um, our Magic on Tour program. Um, so if you reach out and you explain the situation yeah. um, or if there's an organization that represents you and they reach out on your behalf, um, we can usually work with an attraction team that's local to you and they can always bring the magic to you. So we've had, um, we've had some virtual experiences over yeah. COVID as well. Uh, we've done some Lego builds. Yeah. Um, live streaming animals from different attractions. I think generally across the board, the Merlin attractions are really up in their game at the moment and the inclusive part of it is so important. Yeah. And it's key key to everything they're doing, isn't yeah. it? So how does uh, the Merlin's Magic Day Out program support families with accessible needs, Ellen? Um, so, well, we first of all, the most important part, we provide them with free tickets. Um, and then we also um, provide a travel contribution as well. Yeah. So we're aware that not all families might not be able to um, pay to get there. So we help with that. Um, and then when they go through the applications process, we share all the relevant links from the website so that the families aren't digging around each website, finding the accessibility links and links to the ride access passes um, for the attractions that's relevant for. I think there's so much information in there on Merlin's websites now to say if there's a change in places there, what toilet facilities are there, um, and then the ride access passes where you can go in the faster lane and stuff. Um, and I think that is the best place to, to gather all the information to decide which Merlin's Magical Day Out is best for your family. And you know, the application process, how long does that roughly take? I would take, I would say it would take about five minutes. It's not that time consuming, um, but if you apply as a family directly, you yeah. might have to supply um, like a proof of condition. So that makes sure If that child that has a terminal condition. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's usually um, like a, a letter from the doctor's surgery yeah, or something like sure. that. Um, just so that we can make sure that everyone's eligible. Um, if a family doesn't have time to complete the applications process, um, they can go to an organization that can always submit an application on their behalf. Um, so we work with organizations as well as families. Well, speaking of Merlin's Magic Wand, you also uh, work a lot with children in foster care, don't you, as yes, well? Yes, do. We do know that. And children that are recently adopted as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in the UK don't actually know that, and that's why I quickly wanted to bring that part yeah, up. Course, you yeah. know, it's not just for children with disabilities and complex needs no, and not. health needs. It's actually for children that are in foster care and have been adopted which is wonderful to see yeah. isn't it it's a massive criteria um helping the most vulnerable and disadvantaged children across the uk yeah and, and we do also support um children that might have faced um situations of abuse or, or serious crime um so it's quite a vast yeah. Criteria, as it's been great to talk to you here on the Disability Podcast and we wish you so much joy in everything you do because you guys are amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure talking to you.
We've had a wonderful day here with Merlin's Magic Wand. So don't forget to like, share and subscribe and, uh, to the podcast. We, look forward we hope to you've enjoyed it. We'll see you in the new episode here on the Diffability Podcast.